Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Did you know that failing at your habits is a very important part of the habit formation process? It's true, and I teach you how to make failure part of forming good habits with my new course, The Sticky Habit Method. You can enroll by going to aboutprogress.com slash method. I used to think that the only way to grow, to get better at something that was really important to me, but the only way to do it was to be very, very hard on myself. I was talking about this with a friend the other day about this memory that came back to me of spending routine nights where I was A, up really late at night. You all know my reformed night owl tendencies, right? But what I was doing during these nights were not about, it was not about homework or getting things done. These nights were simply about me getting weighed down 
with my inner critic. I could only see all the ways in my life that I was falling short. And I felt so much despair and deep sadness and disappointment in myself. I'd eventually drift off to sleep, but these critical sessions, these self-critic sessions, uh, really ended with me just saying, you must do better, Monica. You must, you must. That inner critic really controlled a lot of my teens and young adulthood as an overachieving perfectionist. No surprise there. But it also reigned supreme as the underachieving perfectionist, when all I could see were the critical ways I was falling short and simply demand for myself that I must do better. When I shifted to embracing progress over perfection, my whole life changed. But one of the biggest reasons why was because my inner voice changed. I shifted from the inner critic to another voice that was based in compassion, a kind of compassion that I previously thought would work against the ways I wanted to grow. But I found the opposite was true. This is why I'm so happy to be sharing with you a really special interview I recorded back in August for an amazing podcast called Common Kindness. I have had Becky and Candace on my show in the past. They are the founders of Mindful Art Co. And their podcast, Common Kindness, is all about helping you tap into your inner friendship voice, one based in self-compassion. And back in the early fall, they were doing a self-compassion stories series that I was so grateful to take part in. And it was such a lovely experience that I wanted to share this interview with you today in its entirety, starting with Becky and Candace's intro, just because I love them so much and I love what they do so, so much. As you listen, I want you to learn from my experience, hopefully, how shifting from self-criticism to self-compassion will expedite your progress. Hey everybody, it's Candace and Becky from Mindful Art Company. Hi everyone. And you are listening to Common Kindness, a mindfulness podcast for finding your friendly inner voice. We talk about the real art and science of self-compassion and help you make kindness more common in your life, starting with yourself exactly where you're at. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of our new mini-series called Self-Compassion Stories. It's powerful to hear examples from real people about how they have changed simply by being kind to themselves. And today is so awesome. It, yes. I, we're so excited because it's our very first guest. <laughs> we have never, ever had a guest before. Yes. Hi, Monica. Hello. Monica Packer is on our show today. Yes. And it's super fitting to have her first because she is actually our podcast teacher from Podcast University. And full circle. Full circle. We've been on yeah. her podcast. Yep. Seriously, full circle. Because we, I mean, I, Monica, I think it was, you were our very first podcast that we ever went on. Oh, that's Wasn't true. She? So oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty it's, sure. Yeah. Oh, we're so excited. 
So it is a full circle. So Monica, will you kind of introduce yourself and let our listeners know what it is that you want them to know about you? Yeah. I mean, I'll try to not make this like a bio for uh, whatever dating apps are popular right now. I was like, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but swipe right. Um, we're all swiping right. Yeah. I'm like, we're all right swiping direction. right. <laughs> so hi, hi, I'm Monica. I, I live in the Salt Lake area. I, I love what you said there as part of that intro, like so much compassion, real women. Uh, I very much jive with both of those because I would consider myself a very real woman. I, I struggle with a lot of things that everybody struggles with just feeling overwhelmed and stretched thin. I, I have, uh, you know, some special needs kids that have really humbled me a lot. <laughs> the last 11 years, I've got one on the way that's humbling me already. And I'm, I, I feel like though, with those things being said, the reason why I feel like I can show up to this podcast and feel confident and in my own skin and sure of myself is because I've done a lot of work with compassion, with self-compassion, especially over the last seven years, as I've worked to find who I was outside of perfectionism. Perfectionism really did rule my life for, I would actually not even say for better or for worse. I would just say for straight up worse, whether the times I was like, a super achieving perfectionist to the times I was on the sidelines, um, you know, paralyzed, uh, perfectionism, uh, both the all or nothing cycle. I mean, it was terrible, both sides of it. And I, I feel like I've learned so much about how to grow and how to be real and how to be myself, but also feel supported and work hard and find that balance, or at least a teeter totter balance, um, the last seven years. And it's all built on this this topic today. So I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, and I guess I should say I'm a podcaster at about progress, which is basically what you just heard me say, but like more, I interview people. I do teach a lot on there. Um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and you got a cool course. Tell us about your, I accidentally got into habit formation, which (laughs) was not the plan. Um, so I actually teach about habits a lot too. I teach a lot about identity and fulfillment too. Um, but habits, or what make those two things possible, how to feel like you can be supported and who you are and what matters to you and how you can make time for the things that matter to you too. Habits are what are the foundation to those things. So I accidentally fell into it. The habit or the habit class or course is called the sticky habit method and it's new and I've, I've been enjoying it so much. Yeah. I'm super excited to hear a little bit more about it because habits have always been a little bit of a turn off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. even me a little bit yeah, oh, yeah for yeah. sure so so oh, we're so we're excited okay well every well episode- for sure hold on just a second becky i want to make sure our, our listeners know that we, we will link a ways to find monica in our show notes so we will link everything her habits course and her uh, podcast so if you That'd hear something on here and you want to swipe right we will make that possible <laughs> in our show notes Swipe right on monica nice connection <laughs> Okay, so every episode starts with this quote, and it's by Carl Rogers, and the quote is, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. So we want to know when this happened for you, Monica, if you have like a specific example or a time in your life or whatever, when did this ring true for you? Mm-hmm. So seven years ago is when I began this, what has now become 
a years long experiment. And it was also quite accidental. Um, seven years ago, plus I had my third baby who was six months old. I was six months from turning 30. So now I'm 36 and a half. And, uh, anyway, at that point I realized, holy cow, I, I don't know who I am. Like, I, I, I don't know who I am. I, I don't have anything happy in my life that I'm proud of besides my children. And even then the way I was showing up to my children was not a happy person. It was somebody else. It wasn't me. And I didn't like who I had become, you know, I, I not only did I not know, uh, know who I was, I also don't like who I was being. I was resentful. I, uh, was short tempered. I, I'm not an angry person. Like I'm not, that's not typically my personality, but I've learned that I tend to navigate to anger over feeling hard feelings. Like I'd rather feel angry than sad, mm-hmm. or I'd f- rather feel mad than overwhelmed or anxious. Um, and because of those things all coming together to head, I, I, I had to pinpoint that one of the biggest things holding me back in my life was that all or nothing cycle I brought up earlier. For me, it was perfectionism. There were only to be a good blank or to be good at blank. And the model, the only model I knew that existed was all or nothing. And for years, all worked for me. It really did. Like I was about as overachieving as you could get mm-hmm. in every way, every way of my life. And then, you know, as a young 20 year old, my life really did crash and burn. Like I paid almost every price that could be paid even with my life. Like I almost died over this. Like it, it was that dire. And then after that, I took 10 years off <laughs> from trying because I thought I can't do the all. I know the cost I paid and I can't pay that cost anymore. So yes, I can be a good teacher because I taught several years in middle school. I can be a good wife. I can be a good follower in my faith. I can be a good mom and I can do those things well. But anything else that's outside of my roles or my responsibilities, I didn't, I just took off the table, you know, because I just didn't know how I didn't know how to do it outside of the all or nothing model. So then at 30, almost 30 is when I was like, that's not working for me either. So I actually started that experiment wanting to call it mediocre Monica, where I was finally going to get off the sidelines for my life and learn how to be mediocre and be okay with being mediocre. And a big part of that was the compassion piece to me Mm -hmm. because the all or nothing model compassion has no part in it. Like it literally does not exist in that model because either you are, you know, punishing yourself by like, I must do this must, 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 it's all should based. Right. Or you are shaming and blaming yourself for not being able to uphold it. Right. And because of that, with this, with this experiment, I said, I had to learn compassion. That was fundamental. That is where it had to start with learning to be okay. That I didn't like who I was and I didn't know who that, who I wanted to be. And that I had a lot of changing to do and it needed to be done differently than I ever had before. And that was the point that was okay. That was absolutely okay. So that started the change for me. Yeah. Just accepting mediocre Monica. Yes. (laughs) And you saw, I mean, Candace and I were looking at this quote, we were talking about it and that it just happens that change. And in fact, he says, Carl Rogers, we saw that he actually wrote this too. 
which I think goes along with what you're saying. We cannot change. We cannot move away from what we are until we have thoroughly, until we thoroughly accept what we are. Then change seems to come about almost unnoticed. Yes. All kinds of light bulbs on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he clearly was a famous psychologist, right? Psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. researcher for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that progression is very natural. Yeah. Was it, it was unnoticed for you almost where you, it sounds like you were trying so hard before for all those years and then trying so hard to shove it away. And it wasn't until you said, yeah, you know what? I'm mediocre. And it's, that's just what it is. It's neither bad nor good. It just, this is just what is. Yes. And that's when the change came and you probably didn't even notice a lot of it. Yeah. The paradox is every area of my life has improved dramatically and exponentially than before when I was on the all or nothing track and the shame and blame and no compassion track. Like my life has improved in every way. And I would say I'm a completely different person, but the the truth is it's not that I'm a different person. It's that I'm myself now and I'm okay that I'm a work in progress. And you (laughs) feel like there was a, like a, like one, like, can you remember one day or where Hmm. you were like this, that I, I gotta be done with this. I've got to be done with this side and I've got to be done with this side. And I got to find that still point Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yeah. Or was it more of a gradual thing where you just kind of looked back and said, oh, I am living a little bit more mediocre now. I'm going to keep going with that direction. What was it for you? It was both, but I will say it was sandwiched by one moment that was similar divided by time. Like there was lots of time (laughs) in between, you know, uh, the nutshell version of this is uh, the realization of being me being like, not only do I not know who I am, I don't like whoever I'm being, um, came with one of those rage moments. Oh. Out of my kids, like a mommy tantrum over spilled bubbles that my daughter had one, one spilled bubble outside, you know, spraying it off. And while I'm doing that, she proceeds to spill like a 64 ounce gallon of bubbles mm-hmm. inside the house on a wool rug. Uh, that covers a wood floor with the baby crying and everyone else screaming. And, you know, that was the moment of like me gnashing and wailing my teeth and like realizing I was scaring my kids, you know, like I wasn't hurting them, but I was sure terrifying them that mm-hmm. that was like, things need to change. Mm-hmm. I am, I am flying off the handle over things that do not matter. Mm-hmm. And So that moment, that was a clear moment where I was like, things need to change. Now I had already started therapy before that. So I also had like several moments of uncovering with my therapist to help me see that I was still a perfectionist. Like I didn't even think I qualified anymore Mm. because I wasn't doing anything good enough to qualify to be a perfectionist besides being a mom. And I was struggling at that then too, in my, you know, quest to only sacrifice myself to, to motherhood. Um, But, you know, then I started that experiment I talked about and I didn't really think much was changing. I was just being mediocre, you know, and and strangely, I was gaining courage, like to try new things. That's why I started my podcast because for six months, part of my mediocre Monica track was to write a blog. Nobody read it. It was not a success. And I kept writing it. And I realized like, 
wow, it doesn't matter. Nobody's reading it, but I'm finding fulfillment in this. I'm like finding my voice again. I'm leaning into a hobby I used to have, but I was doing all these other things like cooking, interior design, like blah, 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 throwing spaghetti in the wall, right? So nothing was sticking there. Like I wasn't becoming successful in all these spaghetti pieces I was throwing to the wall. But then I had a moment and I would think it was about a year and a half or two years in to this experiment. I didn't even know I was doing an experiment. I just was trying to like have, get back on the train, you know, get off the sidelines. But this moment was similar because I was yet again, cleaning up a mess I didn't make. And I was sweeping the floor for like the fifth time that day on our terrible Mm -hmm. linoleum kitchen floor at our 70 year old house that would tear if I even, you know, put a toenail against it wrong. And I was sweeping up the floor and I had this thought that literally stopped me in my tracks. And the, and the thought was, I feel so fulfilled. And so my life had not changed much. Like I still had, I didn't know it yet at the time, highly needs, special needs kids that were not diagnosed yet. I, I still had my husband working around the clock. We almost never saw him. I still had very little money. I couldn't hire support. Like so much of my life was the same, but I was different and I was showing up to it differently. And that meant my responsibilities felt different. I was stronger and I was Mm -hmm. able to like I said, not just change who I was, I was able to be myself again and show up to the spilled milk or bubbles or sweeping up the floor or even like a baby pooping in a sink, which happened too. like, you know, stuff like that. That I was like, Oh, <laughs> not the worst place to poop. I mean, I could think <laughs> of a lot sure. worse, more worse sure. <laughs> I'll save you the story, but I will say that that was a sandwich moment stories. for me. Oh, I'm sure you do. Um, but yeah, that was one of those sandwich moments for me where I was like, I didn't know how far I had come until I could see it in hindsight. And that's been true for the other, like, you know, five years since then, like progress is always hindsight. And the biggest thing I've learned about growth and and then I'll stop there. Cause I know I'm going to go on and on, but I've learned as part of this, that the transformation lies in the process, not the outcome before my life was all about outcomes good or bad. Can you repeat that again, Monica? Yep. The transformation lies in the process, not the outcome. Mm -hmm. I had no outcome to prove my change, my transformation and no outcome fulfilled me. It was the process of becoming myself and showing up differently to my life and bettering myself outside of the all or nothing model, bettering myself with compassion as the foundation that transformed me. It was not any apparent measure of success that I could show with an outcome. And that's been true because boy, have I faced a ton of failures the last seven years too. And some that have, you know, literally made me go to my knees, but I show up differently to the failures too. Yeah. Much more after the break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever faced a season of change in your life where you just wish you had a manual to guide what it was supposed to look like and the steps you needed to take to move through it? 
I know I have. I especially felt this way as a freshman in college when I didn't even know the difference between undergrad and graduate. And I was signing up for grad level dance classes and I didn't know how to exercise or sleep or feed myself. I felt really lost and stuck. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual and navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure during a time of change, whether you are experiencing a shift with your career or you're having a newer relationship or you've become a parent, which is so wonderful, but also so hard. Therapists are trained to help you during these times of uncertainty and times of change. When I have gone through these seasons myself more as, a, as an older adult, I'm so grateful that I've had therapists that had a manual of sorts to guide me through what my recovery would look like from eating disorders, how to work through depression, and more. They gave me the coping skills I needed, and they also knew the path that I had in front of me, so I wasn't scared with the many ups and downs that path entailed. If you're ready to work with a therapist, I highly recommend BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash progress. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash progress. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's beautiful. So Monica, I have been thinking through these, um, I mean, specific examples, but also just really grateful that you shared a wide range of time too. Um, because I think that's how compassion works, right? The transformation that you're talking about is it can happen in those small moments. Um, but then the more that they do happen in the small moments, as you zoom out, then you can see that transformation. Um, and so I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners because we are all, all of our days are made up of those little moments. Right. And Mm -hmm. I wish that we could all zoom out and see, what the next seven years is going to bring for us and which moments are going to include compassion and which ones maybe won't. But um, I think it's really inspiring to listen to you be able to zoom out like that Um, because I don't know, it gives, it gives me encouragement to do the same for my past, but also like hopeful that I can add a little bit more compassion to my future um, moments. Um, So thank you so much. Yeah. And I want to highlight just one thing about that because it takes a whole lot of courage to believe in the number one ingredient to progress, which is time. You don't see the changes you're making in real time. Very rarely, very rarely. And you know, when I shared that the, the transformation lies in the process, not the outcome, I know what the process is and I've defined it for myself and my community. The process is small wins build over time. 
And I had a client say this to me years ago when I was a brand new coach, never forgotten it. I have the worst memory in the world. (laughs) She says, it takes a lot of courage to do the smallest of things. Yeah. And actually she said the greatest of courage to do the smallest of things. That's what I want women to to get from this. Like have the Mm -hmm. courage to believe in the process enough to practice it, that the small ways that you are working on yourself and trying to support yourself and improve yourself, the smallest of ways they are building and adding, and it just takes Mm -hmm. time. Right. I once heard that you need to measure your life in little itty bitty teeny tiny little millimeters as opposed to you know like a meter or you know whatever or a mile right just itty bitty teeny tiny things and that if we can measure it that way then you're right things add up and it's disappointing to to know that overnight success is a lie but it is uh I sure wish for it still yeah. Such a lie. I mean, I would love to have it. I've told Brad that all the time about my business. I'm like, boy, I'd sure love to be an overnight success by now, you know, or that to happen any day now, any day, but well, that's not how it Candace works. knows I'm a supplement lover and every supplement I take is going to change my life. Yeah. Completely. I'm going to drink this drink. I'm going to take this, you know, whatever it is. And I'm going to feel like I'm superwoman at that point. Usually they sort of bitter out, burn out eventually, you know, but you're right. If we can just do those little, little teeny tiny things. And I love that you talked about mom rage Mm -hmm. because how real is that? And that it can start with a, a, like a, an episode of mom rage, that that's where, that's where you find compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of compassion for that young mom. Like if I look at her circumstances, no wonder why you are raging over little things because it's not a little thing Um, and you're not being supported. You're not supporting yourself, but yeah, it's it's all connected. That's why I love this topic so much and the work you are doing on this mini series. I think it's fantastic. Well, Monica, with a few minutes left, we cannot let you go without asking how we can apply compassion to habits because yeah this is something that seems a, also a little bit paradoxical right like yep. it seems like you have to be all or nothing for a habit to work mm-hmm. and could you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about how we can be more compassionate with our habit making of course and i will say preemptively that i will do my best to do this without fire hosing um, information, which has been my preferred mode of teaching that I'm working on. Um, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, we never fire hose at all. Oh, I was going to say that you haven't heard my podcast on there. Complete this is helping sarcasm. us balance. We need each other. We're balancing each other out here. You do. So <laughs> compassion, habit formation definitely seems paradoxical, especially when you learn all about the habit methods that they teach you out there. So like, if I were to ask you guys, how long does it take to form a habit? What number comes to mind? Like how many days? days? Yeah. 21 days. Yeah. Most women say 21, 28, or even 100 days. And that's because we've learned that since we were in middle school, writing in our little health journals about what we were learning, what we were supposed to be implementing. You have to stick with the habit for a certain number of days for it to stick. 
that is just one of the hundreds of examples I can give to you on how we were taught habit formation wrong. And I say, when I say we, I'm talking specifically to women and I'll touch on that a little bit, but even that example, let's take that a little bit further. What that relies on is 100% rigidity doing the exact same habit mm-hmm. at the exact same time in an exact number of days. And if you mm-hmm. mess up on day 19, forget about it. <laughs> oh yeah. Super easy to, to be mad at yourself and no, throw it all yeah. away. <laughs> so even, you know, even these really popular methods that have had really successful books lately, like I read those, I started reading those like, you know, five or six years ago when I started to realize, oh, I know better who I am and what I need. I need to support myself in these ways. Mm-hmm. And I read these books. And I was really excited about them. I was like, oh, this, you know, it's, this is based off of really good science, like 21 days, 28 days, hundred days, like things like that. But I found that even as I was trying to implement them, I wasn't able to do it. I kept failing even at these methods that were supposed to work because same here, same here, yes. Monica. Yes. And this is true for all. I mean, like every woman I've ever worked with. And that actually was what I was going to bring up. I started coaching women and habits had to be part of the coaching, even though I didn't plan on it initially. And so I kept trying to insert these methods to what we were learning. And across the board, women who worked, women who had children in the home, women who were retired, women who uh, by choice had no children across the board, my clients kept failing at these habit methods. And there's a huge reason why that I'm going to teach in a free class. I'll tell you about later, but I will say the preview of that is it's because these methods are designed for robots, not real women leading real lives. They are all based in ideals and all or nothing. It's totally perfectionistic based. And even though we want those ideals and I want to help women reach those ideals with their habits, we very few or rare, very rarely have ideal days as women. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's across the board. And I could teach you the science research backed reason why that is in the free class. And I, and I'm only hinting at that because it would take me 45 minutes to teach on that, which is why I talk about the course. But the reason I'm saying this right now to women is because compassion is one of the biggest missing pieces to those methods. There is no room for an unideal day. There is no room for flexibility. There is no room for a real life. And women need to do things differently, not because we're like poor little women. And also not because like men are evil, (laughs) you know, like, and we want to blame everything on them either, but it's, it's because our lives are different. Like science backs, our lives are different. Um, and we have to be more flexible. We have to be able to show up differently with a very same habit based on the day that we're having. And not Mm -hmm. because we are giving ourselves a way out, but because we're giving ourselves a path forward. And so, so that's what I've developed with my sticky habit method. That's what the course is on. It's how to help women build habits that stick outside of perfectionism. And it's the only way. Honestly, it's the only way we can do it. We have to have compassion because the habit formation process is messy. Even if you start small, even if you are being realistic, even if you have a baseline that you keep coming back to, and these are all things I teach in the, in the course, even within that you will have habit fails. Even myself as now a habit expert, like I say that in quotes, but I legit have been 
like through coaching process, like a certification processes on this. I've worked with women for over four years, almost five years on this. Like I, even me as a habit expert, I have habit fails all the time. Mm-hmm. It's part of the process of habit formation. It's part of the process. And that's what women need to have as part of it is compassion to make room to do things differently for starters, and also to have the flexibility and compassion that forming habits takes to, to, to be grace, have grace with yourself as you face those failures, but not only grace, but it's, it's just logical. Like it gives you information, all that. I'm getting, I'm trying not to go on the, the tangent, but they, they 100% go hand in hand. 100% compassion and habit formation. Cool. I like to um, think about it as for me, I embody self-compassion, which Ooh. means when you're embodying it, you, you're, you're like living it. You're actually experiencing it. So there really is no way to like be a total expert in it. I mean, whatever that word expert means, if that means- yes. That, you know, you, you never, you never, you know, you just totally do it all the time. No, but I know I embody it. So I think of that as like you embodying that habit formation that of course you're going to mess up, have those days, not, you know, not, not do it, but that's part of it. That's embodying it. Yep. You expect it. And then you learn better how to work through it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I want to just say an amen to to everything you just said. I mean, (laughs) Um, it's really refreshing, uh, to think about making a habit along with compassion, because even like, as ironically as it is, we would love to make like Becky saying self-compassion a quote unquote habit, but it works better if you embody it, it works better if it's something that just becomes part of your life. And as I hear you describing, um, habit formation in a healthier way, that is what it is. It's fitting it into your life instead mm-hmm. of forcing it in, you know, flipping it around and saying, my life has to change this and that it's saying, I'm going to take this habit and find a way to fit it into my life in a healthy, compassionate way. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Monica, for um, telling your story and also explaining this new way to look at habits. Um, will you tell everybody the name and the website that they go to if they do want to learn more about the habits course? Yes. Okay. So the course itself is the sticky habit method, and they can just find that on my website about progress.com slash sticky habit method. But that free class I mentioned, that's where, um, women will stop the shame and blame cycles that they've been on with habit formation, because they'll finally learn the truth and that it's not their fault. They've been set up to fail with habit formation. And I'll teach them the research about that. Uh, And again, this is for all women. And that class is called the number one reason why women must do habits differently. It's a long title, but guess what? I had to have every word of that um, for many reasons. And I would love them for them to be there. It's, it's going to be on September 14th and they can sign up. It's a free class. Go to aboutprogress.com slash habit class. And that's one word. It's not um, plural. So habit class. And you know, even if this is past the date, still go check that out because I'm hoping to, you know, within a, a month or so, like I'll give myself some space there. Um, after the, after I teach the class, I'll put up a, a recorded version that people can always watch. Um, I hope to have that up soon. So to go check it out, no matter what, but attending live is always the best. I think if they can. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on Monica. 
Thank you guys so much. I love talking to you. And one last reminder, you don't need anything at all to make kindness more common in your life. You can start right now with yourself exactly where you're at. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Make sure you go and check out Common Kindness. It's a wonderful podcast. And they also have incredible products too and services that they do online that I think you'll love. Now, I don't have progress pointers from this episode. I'm sorry to disappoint you if if that's even remotely disappointing, but I do have a do something challenge for you. And that is to simply notice the inner self-critic's voice. Just start there. Just start by noticing it, when it creeps up, how it sounds, what repeated things it loves to say to you, maybe what settings it likes to especially double down on. Uh, Just notice the inner critic and it's coming up. Is there someone in your life who you know has a really, really loud inner critic? Please pass this episode on to them. It really would mean a lot to me, of course, but I also hope it would help them in one simple way. I am so glad that you took the time to listen today. Thank you. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.